All right, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winners in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, checking in for an episode of Before the War. So if you've been listening to the show recently, you'll know that I've been having some trouble accessing the footage I need to put on the, the normal timeline and the normal show. So what I thought I'd do is rather than just pause the podcast, and I've been doing some little odd side bits here and there, but I thought I would start a new series called Before the War and just basically pick out shows from WWF and WCW before the Monday Night War started and lay some context in for what ha- is happening in 1995, 96 and beyond. And this week we decided to go with Survivor Series 1994. This is about just under a year before the Monday Night War starts, and it gives you a good idea of where the WWF was heading before Nitro came along and eventually made them change tax. This is not the very peak of sort of the new generation horrible stuff that everybody likes to loathe. It's about a year before that, but you can see clearly it's out of the Hulkamania era and heading well and truly into new generation stuff here as we go through the names and, and the matches on the show. Not going to compare it with anything because, as I said, like the difficulty finding shows at the moment means having two pay-per-views from the same month is even more difficult than usual and TV even worse than that. So just going to have a breakdown of Survivor Series 94 and take you all through the show. We should have no problem <laughs> Big 
surprise. And in extra two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we'll see all of the tag team elimination matches. And of course, then the final match of survival, it's The Undertaker squaring off against Yokozuna. But this time, there's a big difference. The Texas Ranger himself, Chuck Norris, the special troubleshooting guest referee to make certain that what happened at the Royal Rumble will not happen here at the Survivor Series. The question is just who will survive? Will it be The Undertaker or will it be Yokozuna? What you heard there was a bit of a spy cam look at all the teams talking strategy backstage, and then we throw to Vince and Gorilla. Um, a rare commentary team on pay-per-view, Vince and Gorilla, both the usual play-by-play guys, and they're both wearing ridiculous cowboy hats and outfits and referencing the Alamo, etc. So a very Texas-themed show here. Our opening contest is Diesel, Owen Hart, Jim Neidhart, Shawn Michaels, and Jeff Jarrett. Um, Diesel and Shawn Michaels being the current tag champs, uh, and they're known as the Teamsters. Taking on the bad guys, Razor Ramon, the Intercontinental Champion, the Head Shrinkers, 1-2-3-Kid, and the British Bulldog. We get started with Sean pushing in front of Diesel during the entrance. Um, a bit of foreshadowing here of some problems there. And then in the ring, 1-2-3-Kid and Owen Hart start us out, which is great. Doesn't last long, though. Jim Neidhart gets in pretty early. Vince calls him the big rhino, which pops me. Anvil botches um, a drop a drop of the kid. Jeff Jarrett comes in. The kid hits a nice spin kick. Um, Sione comes in and hits a nice press slam. A top rope clothesline from Jarrett for a two. Owen and the Bulldog are in, and this gets good as they flip out of wrist locks and do a lot of that chain wrestling stuff that we know from the Heart Dungeon guys. A huge press slam from the Bulldog, and then Owen hits a nice enziguri. Anvil comes in and him and the Bulldog mix it up before the Bulldog hits a beautiful delayed vertical suplex on the Anvil. Fatu comes in and he's um, hits a top rope headbutt, but then he's having problems with his boots. Storyline, of course. Um, not used to wearing boots, the Savages. Jeff Jarrett and Razor Ramon are in. Razor Ramon hits the SOS and then does one on his own partner, the 1-2-3 kid, throwing him on top of Jeff Jarrett on the ground. 15 minutes in here or so, and it's been pretty good action so far. Owen Hart with a nice spin kick for a two before Diesel comes in and gets the ball rolling with a jackknife on Fatu for the 1-2-3. Kid comes in and tries to take on Diesel, but Diesel lifts him in a choke and then hits him with a jackknife and a nonchalant foot on the chest pin for another 1-2-3. Sione comes in and his fate's not too much different. He eats a jackknife for a 1-2-3, and we're down to 5-on-2 in pretty quick order. This makes Diesel look like an absolute monster. And for those of you unfamiliar with this era in time, a few days after this Survivor Series, Diesel actually pins Bob Backlund at a live event to become the WWF champion. So you can see why they're building up Diesel to be this dominant force in this match. Although, having said that, they did it earlier in the year at the Royal Rumble as well, where he broke the elimination record at the 94 Rumble. So, Vince has obviously seen something in Diesel for a while, and he's just found his way to pull the trigger this week here. Double J comes in, and he and Owen Hart double team the Bulldog, and in the end, um, the Bulldog gets counted out. I think this is a bit like one of those dodgy Survivor Series calls because the Bulldog's sort of facing the two of them and they're hitting him on the outside, but the count continues, which you'd never see in a normal match. But Survivor Series changes the rules somewhat. The referees, you know, they, they must get paid by the... <laughs> must not get paid by the hour, sorry, because they're often very happy to get superstars out of there and keep the ball rolling. We're down to five on one, but interestingly, Shawn Michaels has never been in the ring. He's just been coaching from the outside. 
Diesel hits a snake eyes on Razor before Razor comes back with a slam. A big boot from Diesel, and Sean starts demanding the jackknife. He's being a bit of a wanker here. Diesel does give it to him, though, the jackknife on Razor, and now Sean wants to tag in. He demands Diesel pick Razor up and hold him up for the super kick, and if you've ever watched a wrestling match in your life, you know what happens next. Razor moves and Diesel eats the kick. Um, Diesel is well pissed off here, and he's pushing his partners and stalking Shawn Michaels to the back. Everyone's trying to talk him out of it, and all five guys are counted out, so just what I said a moment ago about Survivor Series refs being a bit happy to get rid of people. That's it. Five men counted out in one hit, and Razor Ramon is the sole survivor. A really good opening match, hot action, a great angle, good start power. All in all, this is just a really great opener to a Survivor Series. So massive well done for whoever booked this shit, <laughs> pun intended. Um, just a really good match. I yeah, really enjoyed this. Tons of people I love, good action. Didn't rush into the eliminations. They probably rushed to finish them at the end, but... Yeah, couldn't ask for much more here. So I'm waxing lyrical and, and going on a little bit here. But yeah, definitely check this out if you haven't. We then go backstage and we see Sean leaving and Todd tries to get some words out of him. But all he gets is two rounds of, I got news for you, with nothing really of substance as Sean leaves the building. For everything great I just said about the first match, <laughs> be prepared. I'm probably going to go 180 degrees on this next one as Jerry Lawler and Cheesy, Sleazy, and Queasy take on Doink, Dink, Pink, and Wink. And if you haven't figured it out, the Dink, Pink, and Wink, Cheesy, Sleazy, Queasy trios are all little people. Uh, this is going to be pretty terrible. Um, I'm told that we have got got the scale ready um we see diesel on the hotline backstage sorry um i'm not really sure what <laughs> what i was referring to with having the scale ready on that one my apologies uh we get a promo from lola i was gonna splice it in and then as i was watching it i'm like this is actually pretty shit i'm not gonna bother wasting anyone's time um it's move stall lame jokes the the story of this match to start with the heel little people run all over um <coughs> doink but then they fall on the way back and jerry lola gives them a telling off Doink hits three slams on Lawler. Um, just such basic, basic stuff here. Really poor. Um, more goofy crap played for laughs, but none of it's funny. We put the Burger King crown on Jerry Lawler. We get a little person on the shoulders of Doink, like a we're going to have a, like one of those pool jostles. But Lawler wants to get on the shoulders of the little person on his team, not the other way around, and they fall. And yeah, this is dragging on. It's pretty shit. Lawler rolls through a crossbody and picks up the one, two, three on Doink, and that was a bit of a swerve I didn't see coming. It exposes a flaw of this match, though, because the full-size wrestlers can only compete against the full-size wrestlers, so as soon as one pins the other, they're effectively both eliminated. Um, yeah, didn't think this one through too well. Lawler does get to stay at ringside, I guess, and coach and help cheat, uh, so he helps um, Queasy pin Wink, he press slams Cheesy onto Pink, and that gets a victory as well. And then Dink hits a top rope crossbody. Jerry Law's distracted, and Cheesy flips over, um, but he doesn't kick out. Um, I was about to say... <laughs> Sorry, I misread my notes there for a second, but effectively what happens is... Um, Cheesy flips over on, on the crossbodies. Basically, Jerry Lawler just rolls them, but... Despite Dink hitting the offensive move, he doesn't kick out when he's just 
flipped over and pinned, which is what I put here. I was about to say wrestling logic, but then I realized I'm watching four clowns versus four kings and six of them are little people. So logic went out the window well before that maneuver. We end with a Jerry Lawler promo chastising his team for celebrating the win. And then all six of them chase him around the ring. And the whole bit ends with him getting a pie in the face. And this is enough to rate a prestigious nine out of 10 on the Hammerlock scale. Yes, only for the fact that it was relatively quick and we did get the surprise of Doink being the first one eliminated and the heels going clean, um, not, or having a clean sweep, sorry. That's probably the only thing that keeps this from being a full 10 out of 10 on the Hammerlock scale. This is the stuff that actually makes me not want to go back and watch the old wrestling. And if you think 93, 94, I, I know it's not considered a great era, but I actually really enjoyed a lot of the stuff. Brett, Sean, Diesel, Razor, The Kid, Marty Jannetty. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. Undertaker back then, but then this crap, it just, you know, say what you will about some of the goofiness of, of The Undertaker and the superpowers and stuff. And yeah, that stuff doesn't really hold up, but it was enjoyable at the time. This stuff where it's like, we're going to have a clown wrestle a king and they're going to put a Burger King hat on him. Oh, it's just awful. Anyway, if you think I'm being too harsh, have a listen and tell me if you think this sounded like something you'd want to go back and watch. Not this way, no. Despicable individual. And Dink, ladies and gentlemen, eliminated and hey, did you see another pair of legs there? I certainly did. Dink, Lincoln, Pink. Here are your winners. Dink, okay, wait a minute. The Royal Family. Jerry Lawler upset. Asking for the ring mic. What is this? Hold it. Stop the music right there. Hold it just a second. I don't know what you little morons are doing with your hands in the air. I'm the one that won the match. I made winners out of you three losers. You get your hands down and get over in the corner. And as a matter of fact, you need to bow down and kiss my royal feet and thank me for winning that match. Get in the corner over there. I hope they don't do that. Well, I hope not. Okay, start my music. Jerry the King Lawler thinks he did it all by himself, ladies and gentlemen. And Queasy, sleazy, and cheesy think they had something to do with it, and they did. Let's give credit where credit is due. What did I just tell you, little idiots? Oh, wait a minute. Get your hands down. You didn't win anything. I won it. Get them down. No, just get out of the ring. Get out. Get out. I don't even need you. I hate short people. Get out of here. Oh, Oh, I can't believe he said that. There you go. Now let's hear the music for the king. Hogging the spotlight, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry the King Waller. And the little guys still defiantly are raising their hands in victory. Hey, that did it right there. Wait a minute, he's not going to come after his own. He's coming after his own team members. It's a foot race now. Look Jerry out. Waller coming after Queasy, Sleazy, Cheesy. Hey, wait a minute. They're going to they're gonna fight him. Go ahead. It's three against one. They're from behind. Hey, wait a minute. Look. Big pink wing. It's six against one. Lawler. Jerry Lawler in the ring, and he's running for cover. There's six little guys after Jerry the King Lawler. Look at the look on Lawler's face. Jerry the King Lawler. He's, He's the one doing the running. 
you, can you imagine what we're seeing? This is Benny Hill or, or something out of the Warriors. Jerry the King Lawler has been chased back. And I'll tell you, he is out of gas. The little guys are out of gas as well. Hey, wait a minute. From behind. That's like the clown. Frank is right behind Jerry the King Lawler with a pie in his hand. The little guys ran out of gas. As you heard there, a lot of build-up for effectively a comedy spot of a pie in the face. I can't believe someone actually got paid to write that shit. Um, yeah, just terrible. We then go to Todd Pettengale, who it looks goofy as in his long coat with his silly cowboy hat. And he tells us about Alondra Blaze losing her women's title in the Egg Dome to Bull Nakano, who cuts a promo in Japanese. We then go to our next matchup, and... Mid-card WWF title match, always love that on a pay-per-view. Bret Hart defending against Bob Backlund, who comes out with no music. This is the I Quit match, but um, not I Quit match, sorry. It's the submission match where the Bulldog and Owen Hart are in Bret and Backlund's corners, respectively. And the only way to win is to throw in the towel. So those of you unfamiliar, Bob Backlund lost the title in the early 80s when he was put in the camel clutch by the Iron Sheik and his manager Arnie Scarland threw in the towel so they're referencing back to that that's what's made Backlund snap and that's what's going to be the stipulation for the title match here and if the Kings and the Clowns didn't take the air out of the crowd after a hot opener I warn you this match is going to Brett with a slam and an arm drag he's all on offense early he rides a headlock for quite a while. It's a very slow start. We see the wife and kids of Brett in the stands and then Stu and Helen ringside as well. We get a belly-to-belly from Brett and an abdominal stretch. It's a move and a rest hold. Uh, avoid a submission and repeat. So just locking in submissions that you know are never going to get the job done this early in the match. Bob goes to an arm bar, Brett to a figure four, a lot of leg work. Bob comes in with a pile driver and then a sleeper, but Brett hits a pile driver and a bulldog, a second row elbow, and then it hots up a little bit when he locks in the sharpshooter. Bulldog starts chasing Owen Hart around the ring, who nails Brett. The bulldog comes flying over Owen and hits his head in the stairs and knocks himself out cold. Bob eventually locks in the chicken wing. It takes a good two to three minutes to get Brett from his feet down to the mat, which is an absolute age here. Owen Hart starts feigning concern for Brett because he's been in the hold a long time and very, very slowly coerces his parents. Um, Helen, in particular, um, stews against it here to get up and throw the towel in on behalf of the bulldog. And this took well over seven minutes in the chicken wing for this to happen. I was watching this and taking notes late at night, and while this chicken wing was on, I legitimately fell asleep. This took an absolute age, and it was horrendous for Brett to just eventually be beaten by this move. It needed to be so much quicker than this. You only go this long to build up the drama if the baby face is going to get out. I know we needed the Owen, like, talk to the parents and talk them around, and that needed to take a bit of time, but, like, I'm talking overall from the, the chicken wing going on to the towel being thrown in. It's close to 10 minutes. Like, this is just atrocious. What a shit way to take the title off Brett, who had been a good champion up until this point, um, had 
done a lot of good things after having it taken off him in what I consider pretty poor circumstances on his first reign. His second reign, again, was quite strong. And, yeah, doing the right thing, helping put over the new champion who's going to be beaten for it in about three days anyway. But just, yeah, this match was awful. I'm, I'm happy with Brett being screwed out of the title so he can move it on to Diesel. No problem there, but... Don't do it in a way that makes everyone think about how shit the match was as well. Like, give at least let Brett go out having his normal quality of matches. This was um, this was not good. Anyway, what was um pretty good was the promo from Owen after the match, which I'm gonna give you all a listen to here. This is the flag bearer now for the World Wrestling Federation. We're told, ladies and gentlemen, not to cut Bob Backlund's ceremony short. Look at him. He's, he's actually acting like he's 10 feet tall. Look at him. Not to cut Bob Backlund's celebration short, but let's take him back now to Todd Pettengill. I believe he's with Owen Hart. Thank you very much, Vince. I am standing with Owen Hart. Obviously, we've just witnessed some... We thought you were having compassion for your brother. Vince McMahon said we're seeing the true Owen Hart. This obviously was some sort of setup. <laughs> a setup? You got it right, that was a setup. This is the greatest Thanksgiving of my life. And mom and dad, <laughs> you fell right into my trap. You threw the towel in, and Brett, you're no longer the WWF champion. Mr. Backland is. And Brett, I could have beaten you before, but you cheated. But now, you're nothing. You're below me. You're down there in the gutter, Brett. You're not a champion anymore. You're a loser. And I'm a king. And Brett, you're a nobody. And I, unlike you, will never quit. I will never surrender. You're a quitter, Brett. Mom and Dad threw in the towels. And you're history, Brett. And I am. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Don't you forget it, brother. Whoa! Let's go back to ring. Oh, I can't believe it. What a creep! So yeah, some great character work from Owen. I love the woo, and you're a loser. <laughs> really funny. Um, Gorilla and, and Vince are sat on commentary, and they are trying to play the seriousness and sadness of all this, but in their goofy cowboy outfits, it is just pretty weird. Um, in splicing that clip in for you as well, I looked, and around about the hour 26 mark, the chicken wing began, and the hour 36 mark, the towel was thrown in. So, yep, 10 minutes from submission locked in to match ending. That is shit. Our next match is another Survivor Series match. It is a million-dollar team consisting of Bam Bam, King Kong, Bundy, the Heavenly Bodies, and Tatanka taking on Guts and Glory, Lex, Luger, Mabel, the Smoking Guns, and Adam Bomb. Mo got done dirty here, just Mabel. <laughs> we know who the star of that team is. Early doors to Tanka suplexes Lex, who no-sells it. Grillamon soon ponders why the Million Dollar Team don't have IRS. Um, that's because they give both tag team partners a spot. Gorilla, I can clear that one right up for you. Um, Mabel with a big slam and a backdrop. A second rope crossbody on Dr. Tom um, from Mabel, by the way. Uh, that makes Dr. Tom a brave man as he eats the one, two, three, and he's out of here. We then get the Battle of the Beef as it's Mabel and Bundy. They exchange shoulder blocks as all huge wrestlers should do. Mabel wins the battle. Bam Bam comes in. Mabel goes up top, but Bam Bam catches him. Um... <laughs> 
I, I actually, like, I've written that and it's clear as day, but I can't believe that happened. Pause one moment. I'm actually going to go and make sure that I didn't make that up in my mind because that sounds inconceivable. And I'm back, sorry. <laughs> yes, he did catch him. He catches him on the top rope, not catches him in midair. Um, I don't know <laughs> why I didn't make that distinction. But yes, Mabel goes up top. Bam Bam catches him and throws him off. Tries for a top rope sunset flip himself. So Bam Bam goes up top next and he gets squashed. Um, we get a collision and they're both out the ring uh, with a cactus clothesline. Mabel's counted out. We then get a slingshot clothesline from Adam Bomb, which is quite impressive. A moonsault from Bam Bam on Adam Bomb, though, puts him out with a one, two, three. Lex Loon hit Lex Loon. Lex Luger hits his big loaded forearm on the gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, and that puts him down for the three count. We get a drop kick from Billy Gunn, and then a monkey flip from Bart picks up a two count. The sidewinder from the guns on Tatanka, but that only picks up a two count. Tatanka butchers his Samoan drop. uh, Trail of Tears, I think he called it on Bart, but still picks up the one, two, three. Lex comes in with a big slam, and we get Billy and Lex um, on the corner, in the corner, sorry, double teaming on Tatanka. They tag out, he tags out to Bundy, who comes in and hits a big avalanche on Billy for the one, two, three. And we're down to Bam Bam, Bundy, and Tatanka on Lex. Get a bit of a USA chant here as the crowd rally behind Lex. It's three on one for a little bit with a lot of near falls. A long beatdown of Luger before he hits a small package on Tatanka to pick up the one, two, three. But Bundy comes in, hits a huge splash on Lex and picks up the three. So Bundy and Bam Bam Bigelow are actually the survivors here and they beat down Lex after the match until all the baby faces come out to save the day and clear the ring. But we have another heel victory here. So that's three in a row for the bad guys. Interesting that. But um, yeah, this one overall, not as good as the first match, but certainly better than the the Clowns Are Us versus Royal Family and certainly better than that title match, which took the air out of the building. So probably in hindsight, I don't know if I would have put the opener here, but putting something to get the crowd back up here would have been a better idea than just having Bam Bam and King Kong Bundy squash Lex. So we've seen Bret Hart go down and now Lex, our hero, go down and not overcome the odds. So I don't know, just feels a little bit out of place, but that was just me. We get a Backlund promo with Todd. Um, it's a super close-up, which shows that the top and bottom row of his teeth are vastly different colours, which makes me think he's had implants in the top row of teeth here, but hard to, you know, can't say that for sure. Anyway, I'm focusing far too much on the smile of Backlund. I'll put the clip in here for you all to listen to. And the rest of the Lexus team members quickly returning back to the ring. It was obvious the official didn't have control. How's he going to control guys like Bam Bam and Bundy? Unfortunately, we never thought we would see the hitman Brad Hart lose the title of Balbac, and we never thought we would see this either. Oh, this is looking better now. And hopefully oh, Lex yes. will get a... He says, I'm all oh, right. Lex is on his feet. He's back on his feet. Well, thank you now, ladies and gentlemen, to Todd Pettengill. Thank you very much, Vince. I am standing with Bob Backlund. He did exactly what he said he was going to do, agree or disagree with his tactics. He is now two-time WWF champion. Wait a minute. First of all, young man, it's Mr. Bob Backlund. And you're incorrect. I've been the champion since 1978. I never lost the championship. Tonight, I just regained the belt 
and I beat the man that represents your society. I beat him so I could save you. I'm going to scrutinize you to the fullest, pasteurize you, homogenize you, and synchronize you back into morality. You understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's sports education. I'm your champion, and I'll take on anybody. After that, it's time for our main event, and it's The Undertaker taking on Yokozuna in a casket match. So this is a rematch of the 94 Rumble, where all the heels came out and vanquished Taker, and either Undertaker or some say Marty Jannetty ascended to the heavens. Um, if you've not seen that 94 Rumble match and all the madness afterwards, I advise you to go and check it out. Fink brings out Chuck Norris, who comes out to a pretty good pop here. Um, he looks like he did in Walker, Texas Ranger, this whole sort of garb. So, you know, this time Chuck Norris was a big, big celebrity in the, in the early to mid-90s. We go to the crowd and we see the winner of the lookalike contest um, who was dressed as Paul Bearer, by the way, in the crowd. And he's a pretty good impersonation there. And we get a big entrance from The Undertaker. Um, during the entrance, Yoko Zuna bumps from fear. Uh, good quick start from Taker here with strikes before Yoko lands on the casket. And similar to how Andre the Giant did with the snake, um, he shows fear and runs and, and, you know, the facials and everything. This whole sort of big man has a weird phobia and, and you know, panics in front of the audience audience is something they've done with Earthquake and Andre before, but I think with Undertaker it does make a little bit of sense here. We had a bit of brawling on the outside and old school. Yoko comes back with a Samoan drop and a clothesline. Undertaker sits up to both, sorry. A rock bottom and a leg drop from Yoko and he rolls the Undertaker, um, but he's already gassed and this is maybe five minutes into the match. Yoko is in poor shape here. A slugfest with both of them inside the casket. Fuji grabs the Undertaker by the hair. Undertaker stalks him, but then nails Jim Cornette, who gets in the way. A slam from Yoko, and then a Paul Bearer. Oh, no! As Undertaker's in trouble, and I've got here in my notes that he looks like the love child of Gomez and Festa from the Adams family. My youngest daughter is very into Wednesday Adams at the moment, so very topical for me in my household here in Briz. Top rope clothesline from Undertaker, and this brings out King Kong Bundy. He must have been thinking, hmm, that's a good idea for a finish of our match next year. We get um, a standoff between him and Chuck Norris. Bam Bam comes out too, and Chuck Norris, the man that he is, standing both of them down. The refs are between them and trying to break it up, and this allows IRS to sneak in through the crowd. Vince, um, with the classic line, Oh, an shyster from behind! Just has to really exaggerate that name and, you know, some of the corniness of the early 90s. Um, it doesn't really sell the gravity of the situation that this is two behemoths of the squared circle, Undertaker and Yokozuna, and we've got Chuck Norris here to protect the match, and these big monster heels coming out, but it's Erwin R. Scheister! Uh, just, yeah, <laughs> the whole thing's cartoony, and I'm way overanalyzing it, but it just, it momentarily took me out of it. He locks in a sleeper, which takes the Undertaker out of it, and he puts him in the casket. Yokozuna very slowly comes over, and as he's about to drop the lid, Undertaker pops up. Jeff Jarrett comes out now, and he's having none of it. If Bam Bam and King Kong Bundy are too scared, he's going to take on Chuck Norris. But he runs straight into a super kick, and he takes a beautiful bump, pretty much at momentarily being stood on his head on the concrete. It looks great. 
Undertaker hits a big leaping clothesline, a DDT, a big boot, and then knocks Yoko into the casket, snaps the lid shut, and avenges his controversial loss from 10 months earlier at the Royal Rumble and picks up the victory here over Yokozuna to finally send the crowd home happy with a big babyface victory to end the night. Um, some of you, when I say that, will probably be thinking, yeah, Lee, like, they knew the big face victory was coming up, so when you're banging on earlier about the two heel wins in a row, like, you should know that. But I just think, like, that Survivor Series and that submission match and the news of Alondra Blaze losing the title, like, it was, like, negativity for... Um, you know, basically an hour. It's a long time to be flat and then expect them to come alive for a match, which does feature Yokozuna can only last about five minutes. And we've got 15 minutes of storyline to get through here. Um, neither here nor there, but that's just my thoughts on it. I thought like there probably needed to be some sort of quick match with a face victory in between, even with the big face victory at the end. But again, probably overanalyzing it. It is a survivor series. It's not as many matches as normal. Blah, 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 blah. No winners to pick here. So what I, I said a little while back, a few shows, I was going to start picking an MVP on every show. And for me, between wrestling in the first match, his promo work and his character work, I'm going to give this to Owen Hart for the night. Um, could have easily been Diesel, who looked really strong. Razor looked good in his match. A few others with some good performances, even Undertaker here. But I think Owen had the biggest impact on the show overall. Um, did a bit of everything and um, really kept the feud with Brett alive, as well as advancing the story, allowing the title to move. Owen was central to everything that was good on this show. So massive well done to Owen Hart. This is some peak Owen, if you want to check it out. Um, that will do it for this episode. I've got a few more things I'm going to try and get through. Um, I've got a couple, like I've got the majority of two episodes of Raw and Nitro watched and I'm really, like I can't get access to the final bits of footage I need for them. So I'm trying to decide whether or not I sort of reco record with what I've got and just find the synopsis of the bits that I've missed. It's not the best way to go, but I don't really want to hold the timeline up any more than I have to. In some good news, Binge over here has uploaded some 93 and 94 Raw. So assuming 95, 96 is going to come in the near future, all of Nitro is up. So we can at least get back to Raw and Nitro. Um, in some not so good news, only Great American Bash WCW pay-per-views are up. So I'm coming up to Halloween Havoc and I don't have Halloween Havoc to watch, which is frustrating because I really do want to bang on with the rest of these 96 and 97 pay-per-views. This is actually some of the stuff I'm most excited about on the timeline because that 96, 97 period in Australia was very hard to get a hold of wrestling footage. So these are some of my least watched shows. Um, I've never watched any of the 97 WCW pay-per-views and most of the WWF 96, 97 ones I've watched once at most. So really keen to get them. I just need to be patient and get the footage. And in the meantime, I'm doing season two of Young Rock. So that will be out in a week or so. Um, and as I said, if I can't figure out a way to get the rest of the footage for these two Raw and Nitro episodes, I probably will release them, even if they're sort of, you know, only 80% full um not the best way but i do want to keep going and keep getting shows out because when we stop and we pause we, we do lose a lot of listeners and i like seeing the numbers when lots of people are tuning in and enjoying the show so um one of the things that makes it enjoyable to do this love to hear feedback or any suggestions while we are in this weird little period as well so don't hesitate to get in touch on twitter um 
Otherwise, thanks everyone for listening, being patient, persevering. I am always forever having issues with getting the show out, but I do really enjoy it. So I'm going to keep doing it. It's just probably going to continue to be sporadic if I'm being super honest. All right, that'll do it. No more rambling on. Have a great day, everyone. And I will speak to you all again very soon.